0: Welcome to the Fulfill My Destiny podcast. I'm Pastor James Levesque. In the next few moments, we're going to take you to where you are, where God wants you to be. Ultimately, take a great step to fulfill your destiny. We're going to talk today about greatness that comes through risk. People are not risk takers. I will tell you that nobody has achieved greatness by staying the same, right? If you want to be who you've always been, continue to do what you've always done. If you want to change to become somebody great, then change what you've always done, right? I always tell our pastors, like, you know, people are scared to take risks. Well, what if it fails? What if it doesn't work? Well, what if it does? Like, there's two thresholds here. There's always going to be the pain of taking a risk and it not working out. But then there's going to be the pain of staying the same. And I can promise you that pain is worse. Generally, people are not going to take a risk in life. Matter of fact, the greatest hindrance to millionaires in America, I was reading this study, are first generation millionaires, right? Because here's a generation that didn't have anything. They found a way to acquire whatever that million looks like, and now they're so scared they'll lose it that they just don't ever take a risk. It's like that was the reward. But you can't you're not called in this life to not walk on water like you're called to walk on water. You guys are called to do incredible things. If you think about it, most back to the disruptive thoughts, like most people wouldn't even allow the thought in them for Jesus to say, come. Right. That's what Peter did. He said, Lord, if it's you bid me to come. And then, of course, he called his name, He said, come. And then Peter began to walk on water. Of course, we're always going to focus on what he didn't do and somehow that he sank. But the reality is he was walking on water. But what was he walking on? He was walking on water for sure, but he was walking on the word. Come on. Most of us won't ever even get to a place where we're willing to look over an ocean and say, Lord, tell me to do it and I'll do it. Right. I remember when I was a kid in school, I was a messed up kid, man. I always played this game and it didn't matter what it was. And it always got me in trouble. But I would say, say I won't. Like, I remember I was sitting at the cafeteria, and we had those little puddings, you know, the free, the free lunches. You get a little pudding with a little dabble of whipped cream on top. And I, and I looked at my friend and said, say I won't chuck this pudding right now at the lunch lady. Now, I wasn't a safe, so chill out. But I'm like, say I won't. My whole thing was like, if I dare you to say I won't, because here's the deal. I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to do it. And, of course, I held that little pudding in my hand. And, of course, my friend Jamal always pe- pegging me on. Dude was like, you won't. I chucked it and uh, hit the lunch lady. And, and I got, uh, I think I got suspended for a couple days. But it was always that. Say, I won't do this. Say, I won't throw this. Say, I won't do something crazy. Say, I won't jump off this thing. Say, like, it was always like, say, I won't. And and then after a while, people are like, nah, I know you will. You know what I mean? Like they, like, it, And it wasn't even them taking the risk. They just knew, nah, you'll do it. Like, we've got to have that because my resolve was there's nothing you're going to tell me I won't do. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to do it. We have to have that resolve with the Lord. Like, whatever you're asking me to do, I'm doing it, dude. You say it, I'm in. Like, you tell me to go, and I'm going. You tell me to give, I'm giving. You tell me to, to move, I'm moving. Like, it's that's the type of resolve we have to say have to the Lord. But the reality is God can't ask most people to do anything because they're not going to do it. Most people build this safe construct of life and then somehow they ask the Lord to invade that space. But don't make it uncomfortable. Don't ask me to move. Don't ask me to change careers. Don't ask me to to go to a nation. Don't ask me to give a ridiculous amount of money. Like we live so safely and then somehow we resolve to cheer on other people doing great things. But the reality is you were called to do it the whole time. You're called to go where the water's not at your ankles. And I'm telling you, it's time to take risks, right? On our pastor group, we have this thing called Fearless Fridays. And it's like, I always encourage people to take risks. Like, you're going to have the pain of being the same, or you're going to have the pain for doing something different. And when you do break out of that, I promise you, it's going to change your world. With God's power, really, I've lost a ton of weight this year. I don't know. I think I'm like, it's almost 70 pounds I think I'm at now. Man, I haven't been great at working out, right? I'm not quite where I want to be. I mean, I'll run around here and there, but I'm not like every day. My wife every day is on Peloton every day. I'm not. I'm just not that good. But I said to myself, man, I, wa- I want to do something just to get myself working out. Like, I don't know. I bought the treadmill. I got the best treadmill in the world. It just doesn't do it for me. Like, I don't know, man. I just... And then finally, a friend at the church was like, hey, we're starting a men's softball league. It's not even a church league. It's like, just we're the church team. I want you to join. Listen, competition? Competition? I'll crush your soul in checkers. Do you understand me? Competition? Friends, I've not played baseball since I was six years old. Legit. Like, legit. Like, I had to Google how to be a catcher, how to play. I don't even know the rules half the time. And... You know, we show up, I show up on the field to our second practice, and we got a full squad, right? Most of them are, you know, chunky, chubby church people. And then we got some young bucks, you know, That so it makes our team a little balanced. And I show up last night for the practice, or the other night for the practice, and I'm like, uh, what are we doing? Like, we're not just sitting in the outfield. Hey, like, why don't we do a scrimmage? Like, let's, let's put competition on here. And boy, did we. We split up teams. It got competitive, man. Like, we're, I mean, we're jawing each other. It's, it was like, down to the last inning. It was 11-11. We're, like, it is intense, dude. And I realized something. We're all sweating from head to toe. We're all, like, I mean, I couldn't even catch my breath. I would, like, I only think we had seven people on our team. And, like, I just got done running the bases And I have to go to the outfield. I'm like, wow, maybe I'll catch my breath in the outfield. Uh, No. I'm sitting here running in the outfield trying to get fly balls and, you know, trying not to make an error. And then before I know it, I'm back up to bat. And, I, I mean, I realized something. I, like, legit didn't get to catch my breath. At least when I used to play basketball, I would always use defense to catch my breath. And I left and I realized, like, wait a minute. I mean, I felt exhausted. I didn't even bring a water. Like, that's how bad I wasn't planning on sweating. But I realized, like, I loved it. I love the competition aspect. I love the fact that I'm sweating like I never have in 20 years. And I love the competition of it, right? So then I realized at that moment, like, that is a key for me. And you got to find keys for you. But for me, stepping out, taking a risk, doing something different is that, right? I'm not great at baseball. But I love competition, and I love challenges, and I love, like, it's different. When I'm on the treadmill, I'm not crushing anyone's soul. You know what I mean? Like, I just realized for me and the way I'm wired, like, I like the competition, even if I'm not great. But my point is, I wouldn't normally do that. And guess what? I can't wait to do it. And when that's done, I'll probably make our our team do another different league. Why? Because I think it's so important. Most people just die. They don't move their bodies. They don't do anything. They don't put themselves in a position. And I just, you have to know who you are. But let's believe God and find out what you can do new and step out. Most people... They don't even try. They don't. They would rather just not want to do anything in their life. And for you, health doesn't come staying the same. For you, ministry doesn't come staying the same. For you, business doesn't come staying the same. If you do everything the same, then you're not, you've peaked, like you've capped yourself. The amount of people that bought into a lie that their nine to five job is is their provider is amazing to me. Like, bro, the person that signs your check isn't your provider. The Lord Jesus Christ is. Why is that important? Because if you're believing God for something greater and all you're doing is looking for that left hand top of your check every week to tell you who's your provider, you're never going to believe for more. But if I know that the Lord Jesus Christ is my provider, then guess what? If I need 500K and I'm only making 80K a year, then guess what? I got to go and tap into a different level. If you need a million dollars for something for the nations, and guess what, you're only making 100K a year, then you better find the person that can 10X your life, and that's Jesus Christ. This is where the low-level living, we talked about the expectation the other day, this low-level living and non-risk-taking is going to cost you. It's going to cost you. The fear, I remember we had a worship leader the first year we started our church, and I mean, they were young, like they were probably 20 years old and they were completely worried about money and having kids one day. And because of it, they just they had to leave. Like, I just got to go be near my mom. What if we have a kid one day? What if we need more money? It's like, bro, you're 20. Like, we just started a church and your and your new husband has a job. Like, let's believe God for it to grow. Let's grow together. Let's let's believe God. It'll it'll pan out. God's going to work it out. Like there was no but it was more like I've got to control the process now. When you control the process now, you take your reward you cut yourself off from ever allowing God to do something greater in your life because you bought into a lie, right? You bought into a lie. I knew somebody that uh, went to school, got a master's degree. They were in their particular field and they were very successful, very successful. And then all of a sudden the Lord spoke to them to do ministry, like literally ministry, like help help out a ministry, uh, get ready to plant a church. They were just doing crazy things. And I remember on the outside, you're looking at it going, that's not what you literally prepared your whole life for. Why midlife are you switching careers? Why not? Why, why do you have a ball and chain to what you thought you were supposed to do at 20 years old, but you've never evolved? Why are you making end time decisions as a young person? I'm not trusting anybody in their 20s to do anything. Get me a coffee. Never mind, you've got to make the decision for the rest of your life. That's not how this thing goes. But so many people, man, they they like feel like they have a ball and chain to the end of their life in their 20s. And the reality is they, they cut themselves off from ever doing anything greater for God ever. And so the reality is God has so much more for you. But if you cut him off in your 20s, you're never allowing yourself to do something greater in your life. It's time to lift your sail and not drop an anchor. And lift your sail means that it doesn't mean that you're neglectful and you just don't care about life. What it really means is you're intentional about following God's plan for your life. And you realize that his plan is the most fruitful and most profitable plan. But I'm telling you, most people are in a season That God has already wanted them to move on, but they don't have the faith to believe that it could be greater on the other side. They're stuck at dead-end jobs that at one point God told you to be in. They're stuck in dead-end ministries that at one point God told you to be in. But because you don't have a resolve to actually trust God, you won't step out and get the fruit that requires from it. Man, oh man, we talk about greatness today. So look, conclusion, take risks, make a decision to step out, make a decision you're going to do something great for God. And you're, you're going to break out of mediocrity. And so what does that look like for you? Who knows? For someone, it could be starting a softball team and, and working out again. For somebody, it is switching careers. For somebody, it is moving to the city God's calling you to do. For somebody, it is starting a new thing, taking up a new trait, doing, learning something new, starting a new ministry, expanding in a certain way in what you're already called to do. It's going to be different for every person, but one thing has to be the same. We go. We're action takers. We forge ahead. We take action. We make progress because we're not scared of making mistakes. We're not scared on what happens if I drown. Everybody's focusing on Peter drowning because that's what you identify with. What I look at is a man that walked on water and it encourages me to do the same. That's it for today, man. We love you guys. Let people know that you're being blessed. Hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever. Come on, man. Let's keep going after our destiny.